occasions, not just for special circumstances, but every day we need you in our lives to guide us and to direct our path. And so we pray tonight, God, that we would make you not um, the last resort, but the first resort of our life before everything else that we pray first and put you first in our lives, God. And we give you thanks and praise for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, turn around if you got a neighbor and tell them they're looking good tonight. Praise God. I want to uh, share some things with you tonight and um, probably won't hear this coming. I know they're recording this and it'll go on streaming and hopefully those who aren't able to attend on Wednesday nights will get it, but um, you probably won't hear a whole lot about this from the pulpits in America and I'm not certainly setting out to make any enemies but uh, I do have a responsibility to God to tell truth and uh, to share truth. And um, I'm not saying that other people aren't doing that. I'm just saying it's not uh, people today. What we're going to talk about tonight is uh, not something that a lot of people enjoy talking about and want to uh, sidestep it in the church. I'm going to talk to you tonight about a Josiah revival. A Josiah revival. In Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 34 and 35, the Bible says there that righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. The king's favor is toward the wise servant, a wise servant, but his wrath is against him that causes shame. Amen. We uh, are dealing with things in our nation today. We are getting ready to uh, go to the voting polls. If you haven't already voted, we're having a vote election next Tuesday. And um, I know that and reason why I said that may be controversial, me talking about it, is because uh, for years they've tried to muzzle the church and muzzle preachers from having an opinion about uh, political things. But uh, President Trump has removed that where I don't have to, can, I've, it hasn't stopped me in the past, but uh, he's removed the law that, that where we could lose our 501c3 from me stating uh, my opinion from the pulpit. And uh, so, uh, but even though that we may be ministers or pastors, we have an opinion, and I'm going to share that with you tonight because I believe that for us to be blessed, we have to be righteous people. We have to be, uh, the Bible says that if we want to be an exalted nation, then we have to have of righteousness and we are righteous through the blood of Jesus Christ but what I'm saying is that we have to live out righteousness in our lives amen 
And the Bible said when the, that when wicked people are in authority, the people mourn. And when righteous people are in authority, the people rejoice. And so I want this nation to rejoice, don't you? I love America. I love America. I, I'm not a world traveler by many means, but I've traveled enough that I understand that the third world countries and the world, the nations around the world are nothing like United States of America. And uh, we have our problems and we have our issues, but we also have a wonderful nation. And I thank God for that. Amen. Amen. Praise God. He said that righteousness exalts it. Whenever the king's favor is toward the, is wise, he said there's going to be blessing. But he said that there would be wrath for those who cause shame. And uh, there are some things that are in our nation today. And there are opinions in our nation today that I promise you bring shame to God. They will not prosper. They will not be a God will not bless it. And he will not have any part of it. And uh, so I want to look at here tonight in 2 Kings chapter 22 in verse number 1. The Bible says that there was a young man, eight years old. His name was Josiah when he became king. And he reigned in Jerusalem for 31 years. Right? He reigned in Jerusalem for 31 years. In verse 8 it says... Uh, that the high priest said to Saphan, the secretary, I have found the book of the law in the temple of the Lord. And he gave it to Saphan to read uh, it. And then Saphan, the secretary, went to the king and reported to him, your officials have paid out the money that was in the temple of the Lord and have entrusted it to the workers and the supervisors at the temple. Then Saphan, the secretary, informed the king and uh, the priest had given me a book and then Saphan read it and in the presence of the king. And when the king heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his robe and he uh, gave those orders to the priest and to Saphan and to uh, the secretary uh, that the king's assistant, he said, go and inquire of the Lord for me for the people and for all of Judah about what is written in this book that has been found. And great is the Lord's anger that it burns against us because our fathers have not obeyed the, the words of this book and they have not acted according with all that is written there concerning us. And so this story was many years ago. But I believe it has great relevance today because I uh, can assure you tonight that our forefathers and our nation has not honored the word of the Lord that has been given to us. We have seen uh, a, a removal and we have seen a, a shift away from uh, the, the word of God as uh, infallible we have seen it a shift away from the word of God as a lifestyle of living and we uh, I, I took me a long time to admit it but we are in a post uh, church Christianity nation 
We, we, there are more people today that are living in, outside the confines and the, 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 the structure in which God has ordained for us to have in America, and we no longer take them. Now, everybody says they're a Christian. Everybody says that they believe in the Lord, but there's not very many people living like they believe. Amen. Now, I say not many. Now, I know that the church is strong. But what I'm saying is, is that we, don't have, we are not living what we know to live. And the Bible said, he that knows to do good and does it not to him, it is sin. So this story was many years ago. But the Bible, you know, when we look at the word of the Lord, we know this about history. If you don't learn from history, you'll repeat history, right? And so here we are, these many years later, we are more learned or educated today, more informed. We have more colleges than ever, and, and yet we find ourselves in the same place that Josiah found himself many years ago. He was only eight years old, and yet he was the one of the most godly kings that there ever would be. He sends his staff members to check the house of God. And when he finds out, finds the house of God, he finds the book of the law and, and he, it, that he had never been taught from, for him or for his generation. And Josiah sends to the prophetess to get the word from God. And the word of God comes back and says, I'm going to bring disaster to the people and the nation for all the sin and the idols of, that are in the nation. Now when all of this was told, Josiah, he went into action and destroyed all of the idols that were in the land. Right? How many know that that was not a, a, a political platform or statement that, that would be something political to do today? That would be political suicide, right? But Josiah was not worried about that. He was concerned about doing this word of the Lord that was now newly revealed to him and how the country was supposed to be ran. And so he went about and destroyed all of the idols in the land and then begins to restore the house of God. Amen. I can't help but to wonder what it's going to take for the body of Christ to rise up and to get into action in our country. I can't help but to wonder what it will take for leadership. And I say leadership because I'm part of leadership here in this local church. But what is it going to take for leadership to wake up and take a stand for righteousness? Amen. You know, you can't just go with the flow. You can't just go with the current. You can't just go with the culture of the day because the culture of the day has become irrelevant to the word of God. And so we have to rise up and we have to take a stand in our nation today and do something for righteousness sake. Amen. One man says this, the only thing necessary for evil to trump, to trump is for good men to do nothing. The only thing that is necessary for evil to trump is for good men, good people that have good morals to stand by and do nothing. 
Throughout history, God has honored people and nations who seek him and his will. The men who founded the United States of America sought God. I know they're rewriting our history to take it out and make it sound as though that the founders of this nation were not Christians or did not believe in God. But if you dig back far enough, you can find that our founding fathers, many of them were praying people. Amen. Amen. One of them was, was quoted as saying that he likes his preacher to be like a man fighting bees in his hair. You know he is Pentecostal. <laughs> Amen. See, we, they, they would want to take this away from us so they can so remove us from the truth. But those men sought God. How else could they have such great insight and be able to rate, write down such as what we know is the Constitution that has stood the test of times and even good today for humanity? How else could it be? It could, there's no man that educated. There's no one that smart or that wise. But for them to pray and ask God. And God would give them divine direction. To, to write down the articles that would guide our nation. And they are still good and relevant today. Only God can do such a thing. Amen. They sought God and they were greatly blessed. And that's the reason that this country and this nation has been blessed. But over the past 40 years, it has not honored God. We've eliminated references to God from our houses of government. Some politicians don't want us to say, in God we trust. They wouldn't have a problem with you saying some other person's name. But just don't believe in that living God. That true God. That God that talks to people. Huh? So they want to ban that from our government and even have taken out the Ten Commandments out of our places where the judiciary systems ban the mention of his name in public schools. Don't talk about Jesus. It's all right to teach him about witch, sorcery, it's all right to talk to them about even satanic things. But don't mention this name of this Jesus, this God that, that, that talks to people. Don't mention his name. And then we wonder why that our nation is in a decline. One, one political leader would suggest that we're in a battle for America's soul and why I don't agree with his agenda, I do agree with his statement that we are in a battle for America's soul. 
And the reason that we are in such a disarray and the reason that we are in this, this, this place that we find ourselves today is, uh, and, and personally, that peop there are some people today that have a, have a view and have an opinion and everyone has their right to their views and their opinions, but, but the view and the opinions are so different that I don't even comprehend or understand them. How is it that we can get people raised and born in America in this great nation and have such different viewpoints on things? I mean, everybody can have a little different, but, but the, the viewpoints that we have today in this nation, I, I just do not understand. How is it? Well, it's just because of what I just told you. We took God out of the, the schoolhouse 30 some years ago, 40 years ago, huh? And we quit talking about the righteousness. We quit talking about people bringing, bringing their kids to the house of God. And we've, changed, and we've turned the sports into God, right? And now, and, and there's nobody loves sports any more than I do. I, I, I'm not... I'm not at war with that, but what I am at war is, is America has made sports their God. People will take vacation days. They'll, they'll drop everything else like a bad habit. If they announce that their child has a sport, a, a ball game tomorrow night, they'll drop everything to drive halfway across the state to get there. It's the truth. We'll take them out of school. We'll take them out of church. We'll take them out of all these things because that's become our God. That's what's important to us. And now the bloom payment has come due. Amen. Now, I've pastored, or pastored, I've fathered and parented <laughs> through maneuvered through all of this sporting stuff and I probably told you before but they came to us in when we was in White Sulphur Springs and Jordan was in football and they said uh, pastor said they came and said we we have a games on uh, on Sunday coming up on Sunday we had to switch one to Sunday and uh, it's going to be at 1 o'clock and told me. And I said, oh, that's all right. I wasn't ugly about it. I said, that's okay. I said, uh, but you know that Jordan won't be there. I said, we are Pentecostal church. We don't even get out of church till 1 o'clock. And uh, I said, anytime they're on Sundays, I understand. But Jordan won't be able to make those. And, and, the, and, the, and the coach told me this. He said, he said, Pastor, he said, I wish other parents would do what you're telling me and we could change this thing. And so I told three or four others that at the church that, that had kids in there, I said, go tell the coach we ain't doing ball on Sundays. And guess what? They didn't do ball on Sundays. What we tolerate is going to continue to progress. And what we've got to do is we've got to lean in on this thing and take a stand because we have 
values, but we don't live up to them. We, we, but you've got to have some kind of, of measurement. You've got to have something in your life to say, I'm only going to go this far, and there's some things that I'm not going to tolerate, right? And one thing that you cannot tolerate is giving up your, uh, your children for a ball game or for some other kind of event in life because if you allow that to happen then you're telling them that church really isn't important and there's no value on it amen i thank god for these young people that are here tonight i thank god for all of our our kids that are in this church and and come faithfully and worship i uh, pastor jason told me sunday they had you know 20 some kids back there in uh, kids' church. Yeah. I believe it's 23. And so we thank God for that. But what I'm telling you is, is you've got to just take a stand. Amen? You've got to take a stand. And that's what Renee and I have talked about. I told in, 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 in just parenting, I said, I've got too much invested in my kids to let them work on Sunday for $8 an hour. I give you more than that. Amen. Amen. And we got way too much invested in them to sell their soul for eight bucks an hour. Now I ain't telling you how to parent. I'm just telling you what, how we feel about it. Amen. Because the kingdom of God is valuable. It's important. And we've got to have a value upon it. And it's time for Christians to stand up and focus and not be just on this intolerance because this thing is, you know how they twist things up. Well, you're just intolerant. But the last time I checked, it wasn't Christians out burning cities down. Last time I checked, it wasn't uh, Christians that got upset because things didn't go their way and destroy communities. Amen. You want to talk about tolerance. I, I understand being tolerant. And we, you and I can disagree. And you and I can have different of, of opinions. But, but it, to be intolerant is to understand that, that, that there are things that because we take a stand for something, they say we're intolerant. Well, there's some things that will never change. Jesus was born of a virgin. There's no other way to Jesus but, but by the blood of Jesus Christ. There's no other way to heaven but through Jesus Christ. Those things are non-negotiable. Those things will never change. Those things will never go away. And we've got to take a stand upon those righteous things. Amen? You have, you, you have, we have sat quietly by and allowed idle gods to come into our land. These false gods cannot provide for us one thing. Let me share with you just a couple of things what my thought pattern is. Witchcraft. Witchcraft is the religion of Haiti. They live out of dumpsters. They have no value of life. One of my good friends told me about preaching there and said he was in Port-au-Prince and while he was in his hotel room, he literally watched a man get hit on the road and the man laid lifeless in the road and said just right behind him came a trash truck and they threw him in the back of the truck. 
That's what witchcraft will get you in Haiti, living out of dumpsters. Hinduism. They don't have nothing to eat. And cows walking around their town. Right? There's something wrong whenever you have a cow priority over your own life. That's the reason I never name a cow. Amen. Never. They say that there's more rice eaten by rats that could provide for a whole, a whole nation and yet they're starving to death because that might be Aunt Sally coming back reincarnated. You hear about peaceful Muslims. I want to say this. There's not a such a thing. That's an oxymoron. There's not such a thing as a peaceful practicing Muslim. Because right in their Quran, their book, they say that if they don't convert you to Islam, then they are to kill you. And let me tell you something else about them. If you're not radical, you're peaceful, the radical ones will kill the peaceful ones. So there's no such thing. It's a religious of confusion, religion of confusion. So what have we done? We've allowed them to come into our America and unleash their demonic curse upon our children and poison our government and destroy our land. And I must ask again, what will it take for Christians to rise up? We normalize the unnormal. Same-sex marriage is not real. Homosexuality is an abomination to God. Amen. Now I know that I know this spirit. I know this spirit is loose in our nation. But I'm telling you today that I'm not can, I'm not speaking to the people and telling them they're bad. I'm telling them they've got a bad spirit on them that has twisted their minds, but God can set them free. I've seen it happen. I know what I'm talking about. God can set them free. But we've, instead of us trying to, to, to press in on it, lean in on it, and believe God for it, we, we've normalized it. That's something that's not normal. The other thing that we have normalized is murder. We don't call it murder because that sounds too bad. We got a cute word for it. It's called abortion. 
And I know that there's many people today in our country and, and, and that have had abortions in their life and, and they regret it. And God can give you peace over that. He can heal your heart of that. Amen. Just never do it again. Amen. Just never do it again. Go and sin no more. Amen. But the, the idea that it's all right. The governor of Virginia said it's okay to, for the baby to even be born and kill it after it's born. For years now, they've played with this and said that it's all right to, to even the baby be partially born and murder it while its head is still in the womb and it's okay. That's what we've normalized in America. And we wonder why we are not seeing revival. Blood is flowing through the streets. We've normalized us doing our own thing and not having a moral standard. And too many people call themselves Christians that are not living their lives according to the moral standards of the word of God. Not a standard that man has made, but the standard of God's word, and that is to love one another. So if we're going to call ourselves Christians, we must have convictions. Godly convictions. Amen. It should make us weep when we think about 10 million babies being aborted every year. It should make us weep whenever we normalize a spirit of homosexuality that runs rapid in our nation. And somehow we have normalized it. And now it doesn't make us weep any longer. We just think that it's normal. Amen. And I'm telling you tonight. That we as Christians must take a stand. Locally. Statewide. And in our nation. On November the 3rd, we're going to be electing a president and the church cannot afford to sit quietly by and let the world determine who that's going to be. We've got to take a stand for righteousness. Now, I know that recently this week, there was a, a and I usually don't call names, but, but, but sometimes... There's a man, a, a minister, I guess very renowned, very well known. I know who he is, John Piper. And he has come out and he said that neither candidate is fit for the office and so we shouldn't even go vote. I was on a thread today, earlier today, and I said on that when they... This, this question came up, what do you think about this? I, I, my response to it was this. A person who would tell other people not to vote, how can you take them seriously? How can you take them seriously? 
That's the thing that our nation was built upon. It's people have shed their own blood so that we would have the right and the privilege and even responsibility to go vote. Amen? And so we can't be quiet. We can't be quiet. We've got to let our morals be heard. Right? And so, I've said some about this in days past, but I'm going to say it again tonight. Don't believe the liberal media. Do not believe it. Do not believe it. Case in point, Jim Baker. You know, he did some things that was wrong. But what he went to jail for is nothing that other CEOs all over do every day. In fact, the law, according to the law, he was entitled to more than what he took. And yet the church got on the bandwagon and helped to crucify him. I'm not saying that what everything he did was right. I'm telling you that you got to be careful about the liberal media and how they are portraying things. So what do you do? I told you, I'm just going to share my heart tonight. I have a right to opinion, right? Some people, I, I seen on the, uh, the other morning, I was drinking my coffee, turned the TV on, and it was the news, I guess. It, uh, anyways, they said they had undecided voters. And, and, and I know that these aren't all church folks, but to me, this election in particular concerning the president there, that it, it's an easy you don't even have to pray about it there's nothing to be undecided about and, 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 and forget forget the men forget the names of the men look at the platform in which they are about we've got one that is is that in their platform don't even want to talk about God. Take God out of the, the Pledge of Allegiance. Right? And we've got another one that is blessing Israel and blessing the church. We've got one that is wanting to murder babies. And we got one that is, I, I will say this tonight, and you can, I'll stand before God, but Brian Matthews will never vote for anyone that is, that, that is murdering babies. Never. Never. Because what we're seeing, it's creeping up now. It's creeping up now. But, but whenever, what we are seeing is whenever you get desensitized to murder babies then we go for the old age people and we start giving them a shot 
And we get them out of the way because they're taking up time and space. And I don't want to get too deep because I don't have any information to back up what I'm about to say. So I want you to hear that. But I ain't so sure that this virus that hasn't been released isn't so much about that because it attacks the elderly more than it does the younger. I don't know. I don't have any evidence of that. But I just wonder. You can't vote based on economy because the promises that are made by men, nobody has the ability to make it come to pass. Only God can do that. No man has the answers. No man is going to turn this nation around. This nation is far too gone for any man to turn this nation around. We need a Josiah revival. We need somebody, we need bodies, we need people in this land called United States of America that will stand up for righteousness all over this nation and declare that Jesus is Lord. Amen. And he and we're going to serve him and we're going to stand on the side of righteousness and we're going to stand on the side of the right. And we're going to believe God that he is going to raise up. Now, I know that, that there's some and I don't want to get preachy right here, but I know that there's some that says that America's finished with God and God's finished with America. But I say that devil is a liar. Amen. If I were, if I would, uh, and I'm just going to say this, I'm going to say this best I can, but I, because uh, I don't want it to sound like a prophecy, but I, I would not be surprised whenever God's people begin to seek his face and this revival comes, this awakening comes, I would not be surprised to see a president in America that takes the platform and begins to lead this nation in prayer again. Amen. And we can turn this thing. We can turn it. We have the power. You, you know there's 24 million Christians that are registered to vote that don't vote. 24 million. Do you know that we're the largest um, people that say they're Christians are the largest, would be the largest voting block in this nation if we would just show up and vote? Do you know what that means? That means that we would be in control of this nation. We would set the laws. We would set those in authority. We would be those people that declare that he is God, right? And so what we've got to do is we've got to let our voice be heard. We need a Josiah revival. It's no longer a vote for who's best man. It's a vote for morals. It's a vote for morality versus wickedness. People used to vote according to parties. Right? My grandparents, I don't know about both sides, but I know one in particular was, was a Democratic Party and... Uh, you know, and I know that and growing up and the, the, the others probably Republican Party, but but and they disagreed on some things, but they both had morals. But this these parties, the Democrat and the Republican parties, they are not your grandparents parties. 
And so we have to vote. It don't matter if it's Democrat or Republican. I, I need to know the platform. What do you stand for? Where do you stand on Israel? Where do you stand on abortion? Where do you stand on the, the life situations, right? And so that's what I'm interested in. Your godly grandparents would have never voted for someone who condoned murder. Someone who approves killing babies for research. Now that sounds good, doesn't it? Killing babies for research so we can help a lot of other people. Well, that's what we've got God for. He's our healer. And you can do research without killing some, some, for somebody else to live, somebody don't have to die. Come on. Amen? They would never condone same-sex marriage. We need a Josiah revival. We need to tear down the idols and the, the things that have brought a reproach against our nation and our country and turn our hearts back toward Christ. Amen? Rebuild the house of God. Rebuild it upon the, the principles of God until we have the fear of holiness again. Rebuild a nation that respects Jesus Christ and that he is Savior and he is Lord. Amen? If you that are here haven't voted yet or you have concerns about how to vote, you can go to myfaithvotes.org myfaithvotes.org it'll tell you everything you that about West Virginia those who are in leadership and how that they uh, what their stands are what platforms that they have you can uh, learn there what the presidents and are the, the ones running for president have if you don't already know it's a good resource myfaithvotes.org I know that it seems like I don't I don't pretend to understand how everything works, but I know that that it seems like that uh, one vote really doesn't matter. Right. How many people have you ever heard said, well, my vote don't count. Let me give you some one voters. One vote kept Aaron Burr from becoming our president. And that one vote elected Thomas Jefferson in 1800. California, Idaho, Oregon, Texas, and Washington became states by one vote. As I said right now, 24 million evangelicals registered to vote have not showed up at the polls. Less than 75% of voting population were registered to vote in 2000. That's the latest I could find. I'm sure it's different than that now. But 49, the last statistic that I was able to find, 49 million people who were registered to vote failed to vote even during the presidential election. What are you saying? I'm just saying tonight that we need a Josiah revival. 
And I know that we don't have a big voice, but I feel responsible. I know people want to silence the voice, say, well, you shouldn't get political. Well, why not? Am I not supposed to talk about every area of your life? And so tonight, I do it without desiring to offend anybody. But I feel like it's important that the body of Christ take a stand for righteousness. And that we believe God because this is, I'm going to say this and I'm going to quit. This is what's in my spirit. In my spirit, I feel like how that things are handled during this election period by Christians will determine the window of opportunity that is left open in our nation. I really do. I believe that. Nothing to prove it, just how I feel. We are going to determine the outcome. And a lot of people say, well, God's got in control. Well, God's in control, but he gave us control. He gave us delegated authority. And so it isn't just, well, just whatever God wants, that's what's going to happen. No, 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 no. God is not in control of the earth. The devil's not in control of the earth. Man is control of the earth. Why is man in control of the earth? Because he gave man dominion and authority over the earth. And so what we do with it, the outcome, the outcome, we know what the outcome is going to be. God's going to come back. The Lord's going to descend from heaven with a shout. But how all of this winds up, how all of this takes place in our nation is going to be determined by what we do here and now. And so I don't want you to just encourage you to vote. Vote for righteousness. Just vote for righteousness. I was talking to a, a friend of mine, South African friend of mine today, and, and uh, he's, he made a statement. He said, uh, I don't even remember what we was talking about, but he, it, it, I love this statement. He said, we have a statement in Africa that says this. That only God can take a crooked stick and shoot a straight arrow. <laughs> the moral of that is, is God can take broken people, folks that aren't all together, and still hit the mark. And I'm thankful for that, aren't you? Amen. I, 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 so I thought to myself, I googled that. I said, I put that in there. And that didn't come up. But this is what did come up. Martin Luther once said, God can, take, God can draw a straight line with a crooked stick. That's what Martin Luther said. <laughs> God can draw a straight line with a crooked stick. Whenever you're under the microscope of life, people can pick you apart and tear you apart. It's not that they're flawed. Both men are flawed that are running for president. Both men that are flawed are three men that are running for governor. If we have mayors that are running, they're flawed individuals. Amen? But let's see what their platform is. 
what we believe, what lines up with what we believe, what our morals, what we stand for. And let's get behind those individuals. Amen. And let, let our voice be heard. Do not be silent. Do not be silent. All right. I told you it's going to be a little different tonight, right? All right. But I, I just.